This is a like a like a canoe, like a yes. boat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, Leslie. You're you're killing it. You're doing great. I, um, like awesome. when you take away the sense of sight, the, the senses and are high. Okay. This is a delicious food. It's chewy. It's a dessert. Mochi. Yes. yes. Uh, wow. Nice. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> With just seven seconds left to spare. Yay, How'd nice. I do? Wait, wait. Here's the reveal. Here's the reveal. Have a look. Wow. Okay. Maybe. From a certain angle. Looks how, how about we turn the tree <laughs> yeah, just a little bit it's a nice, so everyone uh, can see it? It's a nice spread. <laughs> Except oh, I think nice. uh, that, that that stinky rice dumpling dumpling's a little lonely. This one over here. Wow. I can't believe I didn't overlap them. Very That's pretty good. good. Good description, Natalie. I'm impressed. Very well. So, if you want to, uh, I, you know, the great suggestion I have for you all is if you want to decorate your Christmas tree with some uniquely Taiwanese ornaments, you can buy keychains. Mm. Ah. So you just go to any tourist shop, you buy little keychains, and they make great Christmas ornaments. That's what you did, right? Yeah. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? Taipei's Wanhua District is the sort of place you don't soon forget. It can be on the gritty side, but the area packs a punch when it comes to historic buildings, street food, and old temples full of old traditions. Among the district's treasures is a grand temple festival and parade that's been held regularly for 165 years. The event commemorates the lifting of a great epidemic that hit the area's 19th-century townspeople, and appropriately enough for a year filled with disease, the 2020 edition of the festival was the largest yet, attracting, per local media reports, 100,000 or so participants. Late into the night, over the course of three days last weekend, firecrackers lit up the streets as revelers held a procession in honor of the gods that lifted the plague all those years ago. This year, though, things are a little different. The celebrations this time around started early, back on November 27th. And while the streets have calmed down, it's actually not over yet. This year, the Taiwan-based General Association of Chinese Culture has organized several weeks of events and exhibits around the Big Bash to attract visitors to Wanhua. The goal is to bring the area's local charm and its history to life. The association's Deputy Secretary General, Li Ho-Ching, joins us today for an overview of Wanhua's history and a look at all the activities planned this year to celebrate it. Wanhua means a thousand flowers. At least that's what the Chinese characters used to write the name mean. But like any number of Taiwanese place names, these Chinese characters hide indigenous Taiwanese roots. Around 300 years ago, people from the coastal Chinese city of Quanzhou began sailing the Taiwan Strait to settle in the Taipei Basin. They started at Wanhua. They weren't alone, though. The area's indigenous peoples came in small boats to trade with them, boats called Banka. The distant cousins of these peoples, today's Filipinos, use this same word for similar boats today. With the trade, the area became the most prosperous around, and the place simply came to be called Banka after the boats that early trade came in. The name has stuck, though its pronunciation has morphed into the modern Mandarin Wanhua. Today, Wanhua sits on Taipei's western edge, but Wanhua was there first, long before the rest of Taipei, when the surrounding area was still a rural hinterland. 
一百六十多年前，因为万华这边有一个很严重的瘟疫。Then, 165 years ago, some unknown disease struck down many Wanhua townspeople. The people thought that some evil spirits must be behind the illness, and they turned to a local temple to help. This was Qingshan Temple, in which ancestral gods brought over from Quanzhou were enshrined. The townspeople paraded the gods from this temple through the streets in the hopes of driving off whatever evil spirits were behind the illness. To local minds, at least, the parade seems to have done the trick, and it's been repeated every year since. To highlight the event's 165th year, Mr. Li's organization has teamed up with Qingshan Temple to put together a whole range of special events. These include a rock concert, but mostly focus on local culture and history. For instance, there's a whole set of guided walking tours through Wanhua. Together, these tours cover four themes that make the area especially attractive to visitors. The first is the area's old temples. There are at least four temples there, over a century old, including, of course, the same Qingshan Temple at the center of the festivities, but also Taipei's famous Longshan Temple. 第二个想要推荐的呢，是在万华地区呢，它有一些产业可以透过像万华有一个叫做东山水市场。The second theme is local markets. This is the Wanhua area's forte, and one of the markets featured on the tours is housed in a historic building too. Unlike in some more posh parts of the city, where supermarkets and convenience stores are the norm, plenty of people in the Wanhua district still go to the market to buy fruits, vegetables, meat, and seafood. Old shops there still sell wholesale goods too, things like cloth or Chinese medicinal herbs. For those used to supermarkets, it's an experience. The third theme is a local street lined with shops that specialize in religious goods, implements for use in Taoist and Buddhist rituals. Here, traditional craftsmen still work in workshops all along the street, as they have for generations. Some carve intricate statues of the gods, set for use in temples or on home altars, while others specialize in things like items of clothing for these statues, intricately woven and embroidered. Finally, there's the last theme: the area's proud tradition of street fair. This is simple but filling food. Things like braised fatty pork belly over rice. And the walking tours will introduce you to some of the area's finest and most famous food stalls. Once you're tired of walking, you can check out some of the exhibitions being held to mark the festival's 165th year. At the Heritage and Culture Education Center of Taipei, you can learn about the stories behind the epidemic and learn a bit about the specific gods that are worshipped during the festival. With the help of virtual reality, Mr. Li says you can also take a look at special rituals connected with the festival that only a few insiders ever get to see. A short way away is another exhibit. This time in Bopiliao, a preserved bit of old Wanhua cityscape that was spared demolition and is often used as a set for period films and dramas today. 我想另外推荐隔壁的另外一个展览，旁边是波皮寮。波皮寮有一个台北市政府。The exhibit held here among the old brick walls shows off all the paraphernalia that go along with the Great Parade. 
There are the ritual objects carried by devotees, a historic altar of the type used to host the gods throughout the festival, and banners carried by those in the great procession. Mr. Lee says these banners are not to be missed. Each is carefully embroidered, and a fair number of them have appeared in more than a century's worth of these parades. If you want to hear more about Wanhua's history from the experts yourself, you can join two virtual forums. One of them highlights what it is that makes Wanhua's festival different from all the other religious events held across Taiwan each year. It also looks at some other aspects of the festival's history. For instance, you'll learn about the festival's appearance at the Colonial Taiwan Exhibition of 1935, held to celebrate 40 years of Japanese rule in Taiwan. This being Taiwan, it's almost inevitable that the second of the forums is about food, this time local cuisine and street food. This is far from the first time Mr. Lee's association has worked to spice up a local event like this one by adding extra activities. The organization has spent several years working with other traditional events in Taiwan and trying to make them more accessible to a wider public. They've done things like adding musical acts and coming up with new design concepts to make old events like these more appealing to a younger crowd, an audience that may not find much relevance in old-fashioned firecrackers or religious parades. Mr. Lee says that when approached about teaming up with his organization to put on this series of events, Qingshan Temple was happy to cooperate. People at the temple felt that these events, and a rock concert, would help bring in new participants. And judging by the 100,000 that showed up just for the main parade last weekend, the strategy seems to have worked. Mr. Lee is particularly proud of the timing. An epidemic may have laid Wanhua low 165 years ago, he says, but today's Taiwan is able to keep disease at bay and hold public events of this size without any fear. Perhaps the gods of old Wanhua are still looking out for us 165 years after lifting the last great plague. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. From the London Underground to the Taipei Metro, the people of our world are going places. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. We take so many things for granted. For sighted people, the ability to see is such a huge part of our daily experience that we almost never think about it. Unless we need new glasses or somebody turns out the lights. Recently, I've been teaching radio classes at the Taipei School for the Blind, and it's been, suffice it to say, an eye-opening experience. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, my students take us on a tour through their world of sound. An ear to the ground.
We're sitting in front of a computer, and my student Jishang is typing away. I'm having a hard time processing what's going on because there are so many sounds pouring out of the speakers. He tells me that the computerized voice is reading out the words as he types them. Jishang has clearly become so adept at using the system that he's able to listen in fast-forward mode. Even his own style of speaking matches the speed of the computerized voice. He tells me that he likes to watch YouTube videos, and yes, in Chinese, the visually impaired students always use the word for watch and look when they're speaking, much in the same way that sighted people do. They watch movies and they watch TV too. He tells me there's a song he likes called "Military March" by Schubert. He types it in using a phonetic alphabet and checks to see if the computer chose the correct characters for the words he was trying to type. After all, there are many different characters with the same sound in Chinese. Now, to check the characters, he refers to a little box next to the computer called a screen reader, which has a row of 45 braille pads. Little pegs jut up through the surface, creating the bumps in different words as he types. With his right hand, he feels the characters one by one, and it turns out that they're all correct except for the last one, which he quickly changes, and then he hits enter. As Jishang quickly scrolls down, searching for the right song, the reader sounds like a broken record, and the little pegs on the panel click up and down, forming different words so quickly that it becomes a blur. Jishang's found what he's looking for: Schubert's Military March, and he presses play. After all of the chaotic sounds of the high-speed computer voices and clicking keys, the sound of classical music brings a momentary hush over the computer room. The students at the Taipei School for the Blind are lucky to have access to software and hardware that enable them to surf the internet. About a decade ago, only 600 of Taiwan's 50,000 visually impaired people had that luxury. In 2003, local programmers developed a screen reader called Super Braille, which can deal with both Chinese and English on a Windows operating system. The development process went years over schedule, but it's brought down costs and changed the lives of thousands of people. Jishan tells me, though, that there are still some pitfalls for visually impaired people surfing the net. If you encounter files with pictures, like PowerPoint or PDF files, he says, they're impossible to read. Before we leave the computer classroom, Jishan types up a phrase for me, and for my benefit, he slows it down. You can hear the computer repeating the command "慢点" or "slower," and then he plays what he's typed. This is the third-floor computer classroom at the Taipei School for the Blind, and we are currently in the process of collecting sounds. 
And with that, we set out from the classroom in search of the next sound in our audio treasure hunt. With an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan. yourself together already. It's time to feast! Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast and this is Ellen Chu. And this is Andrew Ryan. How are you, Ellen Chu? I'm just doing Perfectly fine. And you? I am doing perfectly well and fine. Okay, Jiang de La. Continuing from last week's show, okay? So we should explain this. The phrase that she just said was when it comes to ginger, the older, the hotter. The more spicier. The more spicier. Right. Are you talking about us? Yes, definitely. And, you know, in translation to normal people language, it's just saying that, you know, when you're older, you're wiser and you're more experienced. So, you know, whatever you do, it's like you do it well. Well, I know that. Okay. Yes. But but it's also, so it's, it's a reference to people as well as to the actual ginger. Right. So really, like the older the ginger is. Right. So, you know, whenever we see like a youngster and, you know, this very senior person and people will think that, oh, the young person must be doing good. And then surprisingly, you know, and the elder one or the more, more experienced and wiser one actually at the end perform better and they're like, Whoa, so Jiang is the la. You know, I thought of the perfect example. Did you really? see Like the, me and you? You I mean yeah. duh. <laughs> <laughs> We're exhibits A and B. Okay. Yeah. Um, but actually did you see the Golden Horse Awards? Yeah. And you saw that the actress, uh, Chen Shu Fang, yes. she's 81 years old, uh-huh. and this was the first time in her 63-year-long career as an actress mm-hmm. that she was nominated and walked on the red carpet for the Chinese language Oscars here in Taipei uh-huh. in November, right. and she was nominated for both Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress, Yes, and, and she, she won, won both. both. So Jiang Shi Lao de La. Oh, say it with us, everybody. Jiang Shi Lao de La. Jiang Su Ginger, right? Right. She is a spicy, spicy ginger. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's true, too, because people kept saying to her, like, you know, you're not going to have many more acting opportunities, you know. And I think it's really tough for women in the entertainment industry. Actually, maybe you can talk about this. You know, you're talking about me getting old and still I in the entertainment business. No, I'm not saying that. Uh-huh. But I'm I'm saying that there are different standards. Like people, you know, once you're not 20 years old anymore. Right. Like, so you really have to have something really solid. Like for me, I'm 50 years old, and you know, there's post coming out like 20 years old, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I always hear that You know, in my career life. Yeah. Because a lot of times, due to our experience in this area, that, you know, we can handle a lot of things that the younger people cannot. You know, when it comes to a lot of, like, product launches, there are a lot of really high-end brands, Mm -hmm. like international brands, that Mm -hmm. when they want to do a product launch in Taiwan, they go straight for Ellen Chu because they know... 
that you don't even need to go through the whole thing with them. They right. they just toss it to you and you'll be perfect right. first and time. They can just sit back and relax because if they work with a new, you know, younger one, they probably don't put in the effort and the time that I study about their products, right? And you're also, you're really quick on your feet. Like if something happens that's unexpected, you can roll with the punches. That's if it's right. like a young... Jiang shi lao de la. This is when you have Jiang shi lao de la. that's right. Yeah. So, you know, I think it comes with experience. And, you know, with Shu Fang Ai, I think, you know, she started when she was young. She probably, you know, did so many different types of role. And then she's seen how the movie industry or the drama industry have grown and you know proceeded and she knows like every kind of like script how she would you know try to pursue or you know act out the role with Mm. the right emotion right there yeah and she has life's experience this is amazing um she was living in australia apparently she was married and living in australia mm-hmm. and she got divorced and didn't know what to do with her life and then ho xiaoxian who's like one of the biggest uh, most important directors from taiwan they talked on the phone he's like come back i'll give you a role we'll put you in a movie mm-hmm. and so she kind of relaunched her career and it was for a film called um Um, which I'm going to look up because I can't remember what it is Mm -hmm. in uh, English. But that actually, that film was huge. That was Mm -hmm. an incredibly important film. Mm -hmm. uh, And it really, you know, relaunched her career, Mm -hmm. you know, and really, and that was, that was actually quite a while ago. The Boys from Fonggui, it's from 1983. Mm. So if you can imagine at 1983, she was already wondering like, will I have a career left? And right. that's how many years ago now? That's like thir- nearly 30 years ago. True. No, sorry, nearly 40 years ago. Right. Incredible. S- you know, a lot of times when I was in my 30s, I was thinking that, you know, how long is my career going to last, like, you know, in the future? So now I'm in my 50s. Mm. I'm just saying, hey, I'm still here. Can I tell you, you like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can't see Ellen Chu right now, but she does not look 50. She looks like in her 30s. You know, thank you. <laughs> but, you know, thank you for the compliment. The other day, actually, uh, a student at my child's school, you know, she found, she's like third grade. Uh-huh. She found out that I was 50. She walked up to me and she's like, Oh my goodness, I didn't know that you were like 50. She said, is that true? She asked me. Mm. And I said, yes, I'm, in my f- I'm 50 years old. And mm. then she's like, but you know, I thought you were just like 30 years old. Mm. So I'm just like, oh, thank you. What do you want? I know. Anything you want. <laughs> yeah, anything you want, okay? You're going to get straight A's all the way till you graduate, okay? But I mean, it's, it's, part of it is uh, you do lead a very healthy lifestyle. But I think, I think so. part of that is because when you interact with other people, you treat everyone as an equal. So even if it's mm-hmm. a kid, you can interact with them on their level without talking down to them. Right. And if it's an elder, you don't like, you know, give them over, you know, overly respectful language. <laughs> You're saying I'm not respectful. I'm not saying that. I'm, not, I'm saying you don't, because sometimes being too respectful pushes people away and it's I constantly so. reminding them that they're older. I think so. But you don't do that. No, I don't. I think, you know, it's just that you don't think about aging. Mm. I think the process of anti-aging is that you don't really focus on being aged. We you don't live think your about li- it. I don't think about it. You yeah. know, I never really think about like 50 being 
oh, I'm getting old. You know, a lot of my friends, my girlfriends, even my husband, he was like sulking because they're in their 40s or in their 50s. But for me, you know, it's like it's just a birthday. It's just a number. But, you know, it's how you live your life. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people I, I know, they're in their 20s and they're all like, oh, well, la, la, I cannot <laughs> do this. Okay. But, hey, Jiang's law, the law. Jiang's law, the law. Old ginger is the new ginger, that's right. baby. The old ginger is actually more pricey. Yes, okay? that's true. Right. So, I love this. I, I love this topic. Um, I'm excited by the fact that this is the first time you've ever said uh, the number 50 in our show. Oh, I really? Yes. I, I think mean, I did on my birthday. You don't hide from it. I don't hide from it. You know, I talk about it all the time when I'm like hosting or when I'm like on TV shows. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, hmm? <laughs> yeah, really? But, you know, it, it shouldn't be something that you worry about, you know, because... You know, I think you should be proud because when you're in your 50s and you're still able to do a lot of things that maybe even people at their 30s are afraid to do because they feel that they're old already, okay? Mm. So, you know, a lot of times when I'm standing, you know, in a crowd and I hear people say, oh, I'm old, you know? And I'm just like, how old are you? And then they're like, oh, I'm like, excuse me, I'm 50. Please do not say the word old in front of me. And they're all like, Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, shall we have a look at what's on our menu today? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. In our first course, we'll tell you all about the difference between young and mature ginger. Ooh. Okay. In our second course, we'll tell you about why ginger is good for you. And we're going to make a healthy and invigorating ginger tea. Well, well, well. And in our third and final course, we'll be sampling that tea right here in our studio. Mm-hmm. But first, a song about ginger. Okay. And it's called Yue Guang Guang Hao Zhong Jiang. Really? So, oh, so if there is moonlight, so gingers should be grown in the dark? Um, I think it's a, a Hakka, like, kid song. Um, okay. So I'm not sure if it's more just about the rhyme than okay. it is about the fact that you should plant ginger in the dark. All right. We'll figure it out. Yes. And this is a song by Liu Shaoxi. And we'll be back in just a moment with more on the feast. First course. All right. So the young and the old ginger. You know, it's funny. I always thought ginger was just like ginger. I didn't realize that there were different grades or different ages of ginger mm-hmm. until I came to Taiwan. And we have lao jiang, which means old ginger. Mm-hmm. We have nen jiang, which means fresh young ginger. I should say mature versus young ginger, right? Mm. I think it sounds better to say mature than old. 
So the way you can differentiate them just by looking at them is the younger ginger tends to have a more golden colored skin mm-hmm. that's a little bit smoother. And then the uh, more mature ginger has more of a grayish skin that's more wrinkly. And now I feel terrible because it sounds like we're talking about people. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the younger ginger is suitable for people who have more of a heaty body makeup. So when mm. I say that, I mean like from Chinese uh, medicine perspective, we say zao uh, right? Mm-hmm. So that you have a lot of heat in your body. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that you're literally hot. Um, but the, the kind of like the symptoms you usually have is like your, you get like sores in your mouth very easily, like canker sores mm. or cold sores. Um, you get a lot of pimples. Um, it's very easy for you to be constipated, have a runny nose. So, you know, this is the one that I should be eating, although I am <laughs> but, you know, I should be eating like younger jiang, okay? Yeah, younger jiang for the older jiang. Right, because versus the old jiang, the old ginger, if you're feeling, you know, more weak, Weak uh, property in your body, like, like colder you know, cold, properties, cold, yeah. cold hands, cold feet, or you have uh, menstrual pain, or you have diarrhea, and you're constantly getting cold. You know, you should be eating more of the old jiang, and also allergy too. They I'm wondering, say, uh, maybe I should be eating more old. See, I the problem is that I have allergy. Okay, uh-huh. so. I should be eating old jiang, but I also have like, you know, the, uh, if I have like these cold sores and stuff, I need the nen jiang. So what it, do I do? I think you mix them up, Ellen Chiu. You mix them. Okay. But I think it's interesting because like, if you're talking about the, the, the spectrum mm-hmm. from diarrhea to constipation, I'm probably on the more of the, the D end of that. Okay. <laughs> Not to get too deep in that, but that would be more like I have a colder constitution. But I tend to also, like, sometimes get zits and stuff. So okay. You still have zits? I know. Oh, my. Yeah. You're so young. I know. Okay. I know. All right. I get zits on my bald head. <laughs> oh. All right. So, yeah, that's an interesting difference. I didn't realize that there were differences in types of people as to what kinds of ginger you should be eating. Mm. So, what are your favorite ginger foods, Alan Chu? My ginger foods? I would say... Um, I love ginger cooked in my soup. Ooh. Yeah. What kind of soup? Like, um, like a curly. Ooh. The clam. Clams. Just simply add clams. Stir fry salt, clams. Not stir fry, just clam soup. Soup. With Cleared a, with jiang in there. Do you like it also with um, uh, sugua, the oh, silk yes. melon? Yes. Oh, jiang is good. I love jiang. And jiang also in like sanbeiji. Uh-huh. That's yeah. pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. It's three cups chicken, right. which has a lot of basil and garlic and, and soy chung. sauce and rice wine and sugar. Yes. Now I'm hungry. Now yes. I want some three cups of anything. I know. Three cups of Isn't that squid. Good? Oh, Zhang yeah. is good in all cooking. I put Zhang all the way. I think when it comes to like cooking here in Taiwan, like mm-hmm. local cooking, um, ginger goes with many, many different things. Mm-hmm. Um if we're talking about Western cooking, though, I always think of like desserts or mm-hmm. cookies, like ginger right. snaps. 
And also with Japanese food, you eat jam with sushi. Oh, yeah. Right? A little piece of ginger and on top of sushi. And also with your shalombal. Mm, oh, yeah. That is a very, you very nice jam. one. So little dragon soup dumplings. Mm-hmm. You stick a little bit of the uh, ginger so, in your soy sauce. So, jung, 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 jung. Jung, 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 It's Beethoven with jung. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he loved jung hundreds of years ago. I bet he was an old ginger. I know. <laughs> creating all the way till the end. Jung, 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 jung. So, in just a moment, I'm going to go into the Fisu West Test Kitchen mm. to create a uh, ginger tea for you. With the young jung or the old jung? Uh, so, I used old ginger. Okay. So, I apologize if that's not what you're into. It's okay. Um, you don't have to drink too much of it. Okay. Just have a little sippy sip. All right. Um, so first a song. This is called Ginger Snaps mm. by Dean and Britta. All right. Listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. We're back now on the second course of today's Feast Meets West, and I, Andrew Ryan, am in the Feast Meets West test kitchen, and I'm going to make a ginger tea for Ellen Chu. Now, I have to admit that this is actually a very simple recipe, so it didn't necessarily entail me coming all the way into the kitchen. But I did need a burner because you want to cook this over a stove. And clearly we cannot do that inside a studio at RTI without getting into some serious, serious trouble or perhaps burning down the radio station. So what I have here is I have two uh, ginger roots uh, and I'm just going to chop them all up. Um, just to give you an idea, this I can hold the two of them both in my hand. Uh, it's a little hard to give you a measure for these knobbly, uh, wizened, brown roots. Uh, but that's what I've got. So I'm just, uh, I've washed them already um, and just scrubbed them nicely uh, to get the, you know, dirt and stuff off of them. Don't want that in the tea. And now I'm just uh, chopping them up uh, into thin slices. Uh, and, you know, the more the merrier, I think. Especially if you want a nice spicy tea. And I'm just going to bash them with the back of my uh, chopping knife uh, to bring out some more of the flavor. So what is this tea good for? Well, it's good for cool weather uh, and it's just finally starting to turn a little bit cooler here in Taiwan. 
Uh, also, it is uh, non-alcoholic, of course, non-caffeinated, and it's almost calorie-free unless you, I mean, add a sweetener, of course. And this is good for people who are feeling nauseous. It can also improve your digestion, and it apparently is uh, supposed to help reduce inflammation and relieve pain. Uh, it's good for people who have some nose allergies uh, and can improve your blood circulation. And uh, people say that it's good for menstrual cramps as well. Uh, and it can boost your immune system. Uh, now I'm just tossing these uh, slices of ginger into some boiling water. And I'm just going to boil them until, uh, I know this sounds very easy, until the water has the flavor uh, that I want it to have, uh, until it's spicy enough. I'm also putting just a little bit of brown sugar into the mix as well. Um, and uh, we're going to come back here in about uh, 20 minutes or so. Uh, some people say just simmer it for 5 minutes or up to 10 minutes if you want it extra strong. But you know, we love a super spicy ginger tea here in Taiwan. So uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, you can do anything you want with it. Add a little bit of lemon or orange for a little bit of acidity. Uh, you can also put honey or maple syrup in after you cook it. Um, there are other variations. You can add turmeric to it. Um, or you can add a cinnamon stick to it or maybe some mint. Uh, also, my favorite one is to add a little bit of whiskey and turn it into a ginger hot toddy. But today, uh, because Ellen has to be driving uh, her car, I'm not going to put any alcohol in it. So I'm just going to let that boil uh, and then I'm going to put it into a thermos and then serve it up for Ellen's shoe a little bit later on in our show. But first, we're going to go into another song. This song is called Ye Jianghua or Wild Ginger Flowers. These are a beautiful white fragrant flower that grows here in Taiwan. And this is by a band called Barilus. And it's a uh, Puyuma tribe band. And the name of Barilus means uh, to sit together in a circle. So we'll be back in just a moment when the feast continues with a cup of ginger tea for Ellen Chu. Ari mara ari kana wari 
sling sling Senai talagakan Semena senayatan na senaiikan Oh sling 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 Nubata raman riamu Nubata lala Ay pakirungta Inabaya ta ang remukumua Saharku ratu lingguran kanarkan Untuk pakau lingguna apur kanimuli Aria mala lupa kena tarikan Arita kingerera saru Ari mara ari kena wari waria Sling, sling, sling Senai tasyadakan Semena senayatan Senayirkan Oh, sling, sling, sling Nupada rahman liyamu Nupada lalang Ay pagi rungatang Inabayata ang remukuwa Giturutlang Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have served up some ginger tea for you, Ellen Chu. Well, thank you very much. I haven't sampled it yet, so I don't know if it's any good at all. Should I just sip it? I think you should smell it first. Ooh, strong. Ooh, it is strong. It's going to be spicy. Wow. This is the spicy one. This is the spiciest ginger tea I've ever had. <laughs> this is the spiciest one I ever had. <laughs> what? What happened? I think I overdid it. I think you overdid it. I overdid it. Mm-hmm. Because I asked somebody how to do it, and they're like, oh, you need to cook it for 30 minutes. But I think you use less junk. I should use less junk. Uh-huh. Well, I was like, I don't have 30 minutes. I only did it for 20 minutes. So I and put then? more junk in there. Oh, oh. You don't decrease the time and add more ingredients, okay? <laughs> that is wrong in all kind of recipes. <laughs> Unless you're talking about the chef, in which case we're talking... You could have just bought like one of those tea bags. <laughs> they have like three in one now. TBs? But I couldn't do a whole course of me going into the Feasting Swiss Test Kitchen and then using tea bags. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the whole show, Ellen Chu. That's true. But, you know, this would tra- probably create like bloody nose today. You think so? I think so. Well, the, t- well, the weather is too hot today, first of all. Uh-huh. And second of all, it's too spicy. I think so. So neither it's, one of us is going to finish what's in our cup. It's burning down my esophagus right now. Oh, <laughs> that's so sad. Well, why don't you take a sip of something else? My coffee? Or coconut water. You've got coconut water there. Yeah. You know, that is the cool property that is like the other end of the spectrum you've got like ginger tea on one end for winter and you've got coconut water for summer this is kind of like you know fire extinguisher Mm. 
five alarm fire. Right. Fire extinguisher. So my favorite thing to do with ginger tea, if I may, uh-huh. if I can like divert from this uh, car accident mm-hmm. of, a, of a test kitchen right. experience, uh-huh. I like to put a little bit of orange in it. Oh, tangerine. Some tangerine. I think that would be good. You just squeeze a little bit of tangerine juice in there. You can um, slice some nice citrus, mm-hmm. some rings of citrus. Wow. And then let them float on the surface. Wow. Why did you do that? Well, because... It sounds perfectly great. You know what you could do also? You could add some ice to it oh. and make it into like a summer sangria. Why don't you serve it to people you don't like today? I think I'll do that. <laughs> you said, you know, oh, winter's coming. So. You better have some of this tea. That's right. Restorative. Right. You it- should do that. <laughs> Fire them up. All the people that I really love the most. Right. Yes. The people that you care about. That care about you deeply. You really care about deeply Super today. care about. So so whoever in RTR receives this <laughs> cup of Jiangshilao de la. Oh, you will know. You will know that you are deeply cared by Andrew Ryan. You will feel <laughs> the hug within your cup. And the passionate side of him. The passionate, <laughs> the hot, spicy side of Andrew. Right. Yes, I think people will love it. I think so. I you think should. I, I'll try that. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll add a little whiskey. Uh-huh. Yeah, more oh. la. Wow. Yeah. Oh, here comes Frances. Let's that, give it to her. I know. <laughs> <laughs> She's the first person we're going to be showing our TLC. Let's see if she responds nicely to it. You can have our jiang cha. You can have our jiang cha. Right our there. ginger tea for you. Okay. She looks happy now. Let's have some jiang cha. Yeah, let's have some jiang cha. Let's see how long the happiness lasts. <laughs> she looks nervous. Right. He he cooked it. He made it himself. Uh, go ahead and have some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so jiang. It's jiang shi lao de la. Jiang shi lao de la. She needs it. You need it? Oh, that's oh, okay. good to hear. Okay, that's good to hear. See, she yeah. feels it. She feels your TLC. She feels my TLC. It's a hug from me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. A little bit over. Overcooked? Over, overdo it, okay? Too much ginger? Too much jiang. Yeah, too much jiang, 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 jiang. I think yeah. you were listening to Beethoven yesterday. Jiang, right? jiang, jiang, jiang. That's right. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, our knowledge about ginger, use it wisely. Yes. Do not follow the recipe about decreasing the 30 minute to 20 minute <laughs> and adding more jiang. Okay, that is totally wrong. Add okay. some orange. It'll be nice. Okay. Yes. Can you add lemon? Yes, of course. So you can yeah. add any citrus and add some honey. Honey, honey. Ooh, okay. Mm, you got a maple syrup too. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, so our address is... P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. And email us at a-n-d-r-o-o at rti.org.tw. That's right. And next week on The Feast, it's going to be our Christmas special. Oh, Santa's coming? I hope so. Okay. Have you been naughty or nice? I've been very good. So why don't you serve him the jiang? Jiang. And then he'll give me some coal in my stocking. Well, he gives you coal anyway. So why don't you serve him some jiang? Oh, that's a great idea. I'll, I'll do something ginger related to sweeten him up. Okay. All right. So final song today. It's Gingerbread Man by Dirty Honkers. <laughs> what kind of a name is that? I know. I don't know these new bands. I don't know these new no, bands. These either. artists are, you know, try to be creative, but, you know, they're kind of like... 
dirty honkers. <laughs> dirty in their mind, okay? For VC's last time, Andrew Ryan. And this is Ellen Chu. See you next week. Bye. Take flight The world that up As I walk on by My destination is unclear I'm on autopilot Need not steer I can't look back The hunter's on my track Picking up my scent For miles and Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.